Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, good morning, beloved church family. We are, we are a little tired after a great week chasing children and, uh, and watching rhinos and uh, eating. What did we have this week? I had a lollipop, a frozen ice lollipop thing. I haven't had one of those for years, and it was delicious. They popsicle. What's, what's a lollipop? A lollipop is candy, a popsicle. It was a popsicle. Popsicle, and I loved it. I need, I need to get out more. <laughs> Today's sermon is the beginning of a series looking at the path, the journey that we're on. It's going to be based on the book of Proverbs that we read from chapter 7 today. And we're going to be looking at the wisdom that's found in Proverbs. The book is 31 chapters long and 31 chapters of wonderful teaching and training. It is an example of biblical wisdom literature focusing on on right values, on good morals, on living right. The book has so much wisdom in it that I can read it again and again and again and I never get bored. I always learn something new. Here's some of the truths found in Proverbs. If you're seeking wisdom, it says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs 3, 7. So where are you going to find wisdom? By turning to God. How about the next one? Staying away from temptation. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. That was part of our... Uh, That's an earlier proverb, but it was also very similar in our Proverbs 7 today. How about this one about work? Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. It must be a female ant. Consider her ways and be wise. Some would wonder who is wiser, the male or the female. Don't point at anyone. How about this one about getting rich quickly? Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Wonderful, wonderful sayings in our scripture, in our Old Testament scripture, in our wisdom books, teaching us to walk the paths towards Christ. Let's pray together. Father, as we begin this series, we ask that you would speak to us through your word. Teach us things that really matter. Speak to us now, we pray, and each week as we focus on your word. Help us to gain a better understanding about our paths and about our direction. About how we get to where you want us to be. That ultimately you and we together can be light and salt in our homes and in our communities. For Christ's sake and in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you like to walk? How many of you are walkers? I love to walk. Sarah and I love to walk. And we have some paths that we take together. We walk from our house and um, we either turn left or we turn right. Um, If we turn right, uh, I think we have the map there, David, somewhere. If we have the, that's left. That's if I turn left. Can we have the next one? Or we can go there. There we go. If I turn right, I'm going to see the brand new baby donkey that was born 48 hours ago at Happy Rolf's. So I don't know if you've been to Happy Rolf's recently, but from our house, we turn right 
and I end up at Happy Rolf's, and we enjoy Happy Rolf's. It's a, it's a lovely walk, and then we go, we do the um, 9-11 trail down right along the water and back and see the ducks. Every now and then we'll see the painted tortoise that swims around in the pond at the bottom. So if I turn right, where am I going? Happy Rolf's. The second path takes us along the George Nicholson Memorial Trail. Can we go back to that one? Thank you, Nathan. So if I go left out of my driveway, down the street, and out, it takes me out to the George Nicholson Trail, and there's two lighthouses. If I walk to the far lighthouse, it's a beautiful walk, and there I'll see beautiful wildlife. The birds are incredible out there. And on the way back, Sarah and I come back by a swamp, and there was one time where we had to just block our ears because the sound of the frogs was deafening. It was about, about sunset, and they were, they were making a noise, a big noise. The direction I turn out of my driveway determines my destination. Right to Ralph, left to Nicholson Trail, and to the lighthouse. If you come to my house and you see me walking and I turn to the right out of my driveway, you can have a pretty good idea of my destination. I'm probably, if I'm going right, meet me down there at Happy Rolf's where you can see two brand new baby um, sheep. They're about two weeks old. Goats. Goats, sheep. I need to get out more. <laughs> we love to walk. We're going to be walking through Proverbs, and when I, um, when I go to a movie, I like to know what the movie's about. Is it uh, a love story? Is it an intrigue, a movie of intrigue? Is it a comedy? Is it science fiction? I know if I'm going anywhere with uh, Rodney, it's probably a science fiction movie. Is it happy, or is it sort of a stressful sort of thing? I don't want to know the whole movie, but I want to have an idea what the movie's about. So, in Proverbs, chapter 1, there is something called the prologue. It tells us what Proverbs are about. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Verse 2, this is what Proverbs are for, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. Remember that word prudent. Doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that's the first seven verses that says, here's what you're going to get. Here's what the proverbs are all about. Proverbs, again, are wisdom literature, one of the five wisdom literature books. Now, having intelligence means that you know some things. Having wisdom means that you know what to do in various situations. This book isn't about intelligence, although it makes you smart. It's about wisdom. It makes you wise, helping us to live in wisdom. The book of Proverbs was primarily written by a man, King Solomon. Who have, you, have you heard of him? He is an incredible king. A historic man, one of the wisest men that ever lived. The Bible says he spoke 3,000 Proverbs and he wrote 
1,005 songs. So he was wise and he was a musician. People came from all nations to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. 1 Kings 4. So he was a wise man. He was a musician. He was, he was intelligent. And people would come to hear him speak. But Solomon, just to, to finish up about the Proverbs, he didn't write all the Proverbs. He wrote 1 to 24. 25 to 29 were written 200 years later by King Hezekiah. We know this because Proverbs 25.1 says there were more Proverbs of Solomon compiled by the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And then we have two left. Chapter 30, written by a man named Agur, son of, of Jacheh. And then 31 was written by King Lemuel. Don't you love these names? King Lemuel. And we don't know anything about them except that they wrote the last two Proverbs. So, as we begin, 1 to 24, written by Solomon. Proverbs chapter 1 to 24, written by Proverbs 931 B.C. So these are ancient wisdom. You know, 3,000 years old. Beautiful pieces of wisdom. 25 to 29 uh, were compiled by Hezekiah. 30 by Agur, son of Jacheh. And 31 by King Lemuel. So, you all are theologians. You know where the book of Proverbs came from and who wrote it and when. So now let's look at the path that Proverbs encourages us to take. Now, I, I had us read Proverbs chapter 7 today, and perhaps you've never read chapter 7. Did you know that these things are in your Bible? Were you a little shocked by the reading of chapter 7 today? Some of you are going, no, there's nothing new under the sun, Rob. I've heard these stories before, but some of you may be going, no, I really wasn't aware that this sort of story, this proverb was in my Bible. What we're going to look at in this week and in the coming weeks is the fact that the road you're on determines where you end up. The road you're on determines where you end up. Every decision you make is a fork in the road. Every decision you make is important. If I head south on the QE, eventually I'll end up in the United States. And unless I have my passport with me, that's where I stop. If I head west on the Trans-Canada Highway, I will go all the way up and through Canada and I will end up in Tuasin, British Columbia, where either I have to catch a ferry or that's the end of my journey heading west on the Trans-Canada. The direction I take determines my destination. Whatever road, whatever highway, whatever path I take will determine where I end up. Common sense, isn't it? It's common sense. So the principle of the path is the direction, not the intention, determines your destination. It's your direction, not your intention. I hope I can do something. I want to get something. Hopes and wants don't take you where you want to be. It's the direction you're facing is going to take you where you end up. Not your hopes and your wants. This same principle applies to our lives and our families, our financial lives, our marriages, our dating lives. In every area of life, my direction, not my intention, determines my destination. Now, here's a question to you. How many times have you been in a conversation with someone who was talking about how their life got shipwrecked. Um, you're talking to students and they didn't get the grades that, that they wanted to get or they didn't get 
on the team they wanted to get on. Or someone who says, you know, my marriage is falling apart. Or, or, um, or people are saying, yeah, this is, things just aren't going the way I, I had hoped. And you think to yourself, well, didn't you see it coming? Don't you see the path you're on? Why did you think that you would end up a different place than you ended up? Why are you so surprised that your marriage is falling apart? Have you ever seen how poorly you treat your spouse? Have you ever heard the unkind words you say to, to your, your, your husband or your wife? You were on a path to destruction for years. I knew your marriage was in trouble long ago because I saw the path you were on. The path leads to our destination. The principle is true no matter how strong-willed we are, no matter how pleasant, how, how smart. When it comes to every area of our life, our direction, not our intention, will determine our destination. The path you're on will determine where you end up. So, based on this principle, we go to Proverbs chapter 7, uh, written 3,000 years ago by Solomon. We're starting Proverbs 7, 6. Solomon tells a story. He's standing at a window. Imagine the king is standing at a window, looking down at the street. Verse 6, at the window of my house, Solomon says, I look down through the lattice, so through, through, the, through the woodwork and through the flowers. I saw among the simple, I noticed the young man, a man who had no sense. Simple is the opposite of wise. So we're not, you know, in Canada we think live simply, and, and that's a positive thing. Well, in Scripture, the word simple means the opposite of wise. It means an unwise person. So Solomon looked down, and he saw a simple young man. He had no sense, it says. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her path. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. How many of you, when you got to that point, thought to yourself, I know how this story ends? As Trish was reading, did you have an idea where this was going? I think you did. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to anticipate what's going on here. A young guy cruising the streets at night, going towards her house. Meanwhile, back at the windows, Solomon is watching this young man, and we all know how this story ends. We all know. The story continues. Solomon writes, Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay home. Now in the streets, now in the square, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him with a brazen face. She said, Today I fulfilled my vows and I have food from the fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you, I looked for you, and I found you. He was wandering, a simple man. She was looking for him. Now neither of them come off good in this story. I know some of you are thinking, well, why are you picking on the woman or why are you picking on the man? I think God's picking on everybody here, so don't worry. It's not a, it's not a gender thing. When this woman said she had a fellowship offering at her home, you know what she was saying? She was saying, basically, I have lots of money, I have lots of food, I'm not after money or food, I'm after you. I'm after you. Now, even if Solomon himself had called down from the window and warned him, do you think the young man would have heard him? 
I don't think so. I think he was blinded and deaf. He was on a path to destruction. Solomon continues. The woman says, I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. I can imagine rolling over on cinnamon. I have no idea. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Is she hiding anything? Do we understand her intent here? It is clear as day what's going on here. She's not hiding anything. And then she continues, I can't believe this story. This should be PG. This is a PG proverb, this one. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. Well, this is, this is a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Just a recipe. Um, it, it clinches it right there. Not only did the young man not have to worry about the husband hanging around, um, and he continues. She, she persuasively speaks to him. She led him astray. She seduces him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. Wow. Some of you may say, come on, don't make a big deal out of this. He's just, you know, he's having one wild night. No, this is a big deal. This isn't about one night. This is a path. This is the direction he's on. One decision at a fork changes your path, making the right decision or the wrong decision. Solomon understands what's really going on. This is a big deal. Like an ox to the slaughter. Solomon continues, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. His decision that night was going to cost him his life. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Solomon is saying that this young man, this simple man, was as clueless as a bird flying into a snare. From his vantage point, Solomon knows that this young man was throwing away his future. Did the young man see it that way? Did the young man know what was going on? I, I don't know if he was aware that he was on the path to destruction. So at this point, verse 24, Solomon turns to us. Now then, it says, now then, my sons and daughters, listen to me. This is Solomon speaking. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. She is a path. This kind of sin, all sin, is a choice we make. And it's a path that we choose. There's our word path. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Driving home the point, Solomon added, her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. This kind of sin is a highway. It's the QEW. It's not Scott Street. It's a big, broad highway. This young man, this simple man, chose the path that will take him precisely where he didn't want to go. The danger in Solomon's scenario is easy to see. The young man who yearned for something good 
for something enjoyable, chose a path that led to something bad. We have all at times chosen the wrong path, paths to places we don't want to go. Here's an example. A husband says, I want my kids to respect me when they grow up. And then he doesn't live up to his words with his kids and he loses his temper with his children. But he wants his kids to respect him when they grow up. Well, he's on the wrong path if he wants respect. A young Christian says, I want to develop a deep and lasting intimacy with God. So he gets up in the morning and he checks his email instead of reading his Bible. It's the wrong path. Where's that going to end? If you want to develop a deep and lasting intimacy for God, there's a path to that. A working woman says, I want to grow old and invest in the latter years of my life with my grandchildren. Yet, she goes to Tim Horton and eats donuts every morning. They'll kill you. No, we love, we love Tim Horton donuts. Once a month. Once a month. But the food we eat, the exercise we get, if we want to enjoy our grandchildren, we had better take care of ourselves. The path that you're on terms of your health, your food, your choices, affects your future. The list goes on and on. Like this simple young man in Solomon's story, the path they chose eventually brings them to a destination that's different than where they intended. We shouldn't need someone to connect the dots for us. If your goal is to drop two dress sizes, you don't eat lunch at the donut shop. If you desire to be faithful to your spouse, you don't visit online chat rooms with people of the other gender. It's simple. Those are bad decisions. Those are pathways, and they lead somewhere where you don't want to go. The path we choose doesn't just determine our destination tomorrow. Sometimes it impacts our whole life. The principle of the path is operating in our life every minute and in our lives right now. You are currently on a financial path of some kind. You're on a relational path with your family and your friends. You're on a spiritual path as you grow in your faith in Christ. You're continuing down a moral path, making decisions each day. And each of these paths has a destination. What direction are you headed today in these pathways? Morally, relationally, financially, and spiritually. These are big questions. So the, the question is, well, how do I choose my path? And we're going to be looking at that in the coming weeks. Firstly, though, what you have to do is you have to get wisdom. So may I encourage you to read Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. Can you read them? They're not long. You can read them in the morning. I'd encourage you, to, if you want to get wisdom, to read God's Word. Secondly, if you want to choose a good path, get good friends. Choose good friends. Imagine if the gentleman in the story that we just read had a friend who had said, come on, no, we're not going that way. Let's go this way. You know, this is, this is going to end up with us in the wrong place. If he'd only had a friend who, would, who had sense that he would listen to, it would have been a very different story. My question to you today is, do you have friends in your life who can warn you when you're in danger and you don't even see it? Do you have friends who can tell you, who can help you with moral decisions, relational decisions, financial decisions, and spiritual decisions? Well, that's what the body of Christ is about, helping each other and supporting each other on the journey 
to Christ. Lastly, we make choices based on long-term, not short-term decisions. We make choices by looking at what the impact will be long-term, not short-term. We need to see our life the way that God sees it. By thinking about a path, this decision isn't just a one-time thing. It changes my direction. Do you want to go that direction? Because maybe you don't. Next week, we're going to talk about what to do if you find yourself already on the wrong path. And I'll give you a prayer that you can pray. And I'll give you some scripture. And I hope you'll return next week for, for more training from Proverbs. Now, today is a great day to talk about a path. When we celebrate communion, we're saying to God, you're in control. Be a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. When we celebrate communion, it's a time to decide that we're going to change path or we're going to stay on the straight and narrow path. But sometimes it's a a good time at communion to make a course correction, to say, Lord, I've been on the wrong path this month and I need your help. So I want to pray for you because I think you'll find that as you take communion, as you listen to the Spirit, as you read God's Word and as people around you speak to you, that you can pursue a better path. And that the momentum that can start today can lead you on an incredible journey and path. Let's pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us with every decision we make. Every day we're faced with questions and decisions, moral decisions, Father, right and wrong decisions, spiritual decisions, Father, relational decisions with our family and our friends at work, at home, and then financial decisions, Father. And we give ourselves to you, our hearts, our minds, our money. Help us to be wise. Give us the vision we need to see things in the long term, to see things as you see them. Help us to see the impact of our decisions today upon our life tomorrow and our life from here forward. And Father, help us to speak into the lives of others, helping them in their decisions, helping to lead them in paths of joy and peace and life. Father, today we commit our walk to you. And we take the bread and we take the cup as a sign of our commitment to walk in the ways of Christ. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.